Hey everyone, before we start with this podcast episode, I really quick just wanted to uh, talk about something that happened today and uh, something that the wrestling world has been going through over the past couple days. Today, Scott Hall passed away and a lot of us are shocked and uh, saddened by it obviously, but I wanted to take a little bit of time really quick just to talk about how important this man was in my life. I wouldn't be here today without him. Uh, When I got into wrestling, I would go back and I would watch old stuff from the 90s, and uh, one of the dudes I really gravitated towards was Razor Ramon. Um, Just everything about him was just awesome. You know, the way he looked, the way he talked, the clothes he wore, uh, his wrestling style was just second to none, in my opinion. And just his confidence and the way he carried himself, I think, was something that, as a little kid, I looked up to because I couldn't do that. Um, I wasn't as cool as he was or as uh, popular as he was. Um, And so I really gravitated towards it. And, uh, you know, I fucking watched everything of his, uh, you know, matches with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, watching his stuff in WCW, um, you know, reading about the ups and downs of his life, um, you know, I, I really couldn't get enough of the dude in terms of wrestling, I would watch, you know, DDP's vlogs of how Scott Hall and Jake the Snake were doing, uh, when they were with DDP doing yoga and getting their lives back on track um I remember vividly finding out that Scott was being inducted into the Hall of Fame uh and I fucking marked out so hard uh I was so happy and I remember watching his uh Hall of Fame speech live and I remember like the exact moments when he said bad times don't last but bad guys do and uh like when I was a kid and I played 2k14 uh, he was my WWE champion for the whole universe mode. I played like a whole two years of universe mode for the entire time. He was the world champion. He was just everything to me as a kid. He's, he's the reason why I'm here. He's the reason I love wrestling. Why I'm even talking to you right now. He's the reason I'm Razor, uh, in CM Razor 3. Uh, he was just everything to me, bro, as a kid, and I just, I wish I could have met him, uh, he did a lot of legend shows around where I live in the early to mid-2010s, and I wish I went to one of them just to meet him, um, I just wish I could have thanked him in person for everything he's done for me and for the wrestling world, but he's gone, there will never be anybody else like him, ever. It's a crime that he was never a world champion in a major company. He was the best and most impactful non-world champion in wrestling history. And I will never stop being a fan of Scott Hall. Ever. I fucking love that dude to death. And I hope wherever he is now, he's okay. And he's happy. And he's not in pain. Um, 
but I just wish you could still be here, especially with everything going on right now with Xbox and GCW. Um, and just simply being around, uh, you know, I just wish you were still on this earth with us. But, that's how life goes, so. But, uh, I don't want to keep you guys any longer, I'll send it off to, uh, the GCW review, but I just did want to take some time to share how, uh, impactful he was in my life and in a lot of people's lives. Alright, on to the GCW review. The man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. Hey guys, what's going on? It's me, it's me, it's that P-U-L-S-D. It's your Olympic kill, Kurt Angle. And you're listening to the Base World. Base World? Base World Podcast. to the Base World Podcast. My name is Chris, aka Merger 3 I'm here with a very special guest, Melee Hellbot. What's going on, Melee? Oh shit, I'm here? Yeah, Wait, you're here. are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, oh shit. Oh, I gotta go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're getting a special Melee-only episode. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna talk. Melee's doing the whole show by himself. Alright. Well... It's been a good show. <laughs> Before we get into anything, though, we got some updates. We have already passed 450 all-time listeners. Nearly 500 times people have listened to us talk about wrestling, which is usually terrible. So Yeah, I don't know why people are listening to us. If you have followed us on Twitter, you know that the Consortium has been having a lot of fun playing WWE 2K22. Um, yeah. We've each made calls of each other with attires that are memes in our group chat and saying movesets and have had a lot of fun messing around and game with each other. Well, mm-hmm. uh, our boy Justin Havoc gave us the idea to make a little tournament between all 10 of us, which is now 11 of us. We'll get to that in a minute. So mm-hmm. at some point in the next few weeks, we are going to begin uploading the tournament to the Base World Podcast YouTube channel. And the winner of the tournament will be crowned the inaugural Based World Champion. And oh, I know it's just, me. No, it's going to be me. Yeah, I'm oh, the winner. No, oh. no, it's not. Well, it is Irish History Month. So. Yeah, you said, and you know what, Melee? Great segue, because guess what day this episode is coming out on? St. Patrick's Day. You got that right. I'm inserting Irish music right now. Non copyright royalty free. Play that shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, where's my luck charm? <laughs> no, no, that's offensive, bro. <laughs> Take it back. Nah, I'm Mexican. I can say this. <laughs> uh, so Patreon updates. A new episode of Bing Chilling went up on Saturday. We watched a Garfield episode titled Good Cat, Bad Cat from 1988, in which Garf battles his good side and his bad side, or his Damien mode and priest mode, if you will. <laughs> but evil Garfield asked the good Garfield if he's ever been to Mexico. I don't know why he asked him that. I resonated with that. <laughs> I felt represented. And then we got some shout-outs. Some new patrons who are, for some reason, paying us to do stupid shit. Melee, how about you take this first name? Okay. Let me check. 
I was not ready for this. <laughs> the one dollar tier, Mobarak, Alzarek, and the three dollar tier, Freddy Faded. My boy Freddy. Also in the three dollar tier, Justin Havoc. That's my boy right there. And the three dollars and fifty cent tier, Top Super Kicker. Yeah, did that upgrade ski, bro. In the twenty-five dollar tier, I don't know why you're doing this. There's still time to unsubscribe. <laughs> Get a refund if you want. Yeah. JP Wheezy. What the fuck? What the fuck, JP? We have this uh, kind of running gag in the story where we always wonder what JP Weezy's job is because he obviously just loves giving away money. That's <laughs> so, uh, just awesome that, you know, he did that. And uh, what's also awesome is that yesterday at the time that we're recording this, we announced that JP Weezy has joined the consortium which uh, we have wanted him in the group since we founded it, but we have just never gotten around to adding him. Uh, but we finally did, and we are excited to see if he ever wants to be on the podcast or ever wants to do Bing Chilling episodes with us. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be really cool. We fucking love that fucker, dude. I love him more. Yeah, six-time Deadlock really? Patreon champion, bro. He has surpassed you, Melee. He's surpassed your, your legacy. Yeah, well, he better watch his back. <laughs> all right let's get into gcw astronaut what did you think about this astronaut. show Melee? i did not <laughs> okay. it was a decent show i'll say this about the show it was very high quality there were no audio issues at all which is surprising for a gcw show the arena was a bit of a I understand that it's a very famous venue for some reason. I don't know why, but it did not feel like a GCW venue. And I could, I really sensed that during the Nick Gage entrance later on in the night, uh, mm -hmm. because no one like went onto the floor and crowded around him and shit like that. It didn't feel like very hyped atmosphere, but there were some cool cinematic shots that we got during the yeah. entrances that seemed really cool. Well, this arena kind of reminds me of like when NWA Power would air on YouTube only with an actual audience. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, why did you do like that? <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. We start off the night with AR Fox versus Nick Wayne. If you don't know who AR Fox is, which I don't know why you wouldn't know him, He's uh, best known for the Lucha Underground match against Swerve. Devlike watched it for Watch This, uh, like in the very beginning of the series. But that's a great match, and most people know from that. But he's also a very underrated wrestler. Uh, you haven't really heard much about him since Lucha Underground went out of business. So it's good to see him back in GCW. And he had a really good match here with the 16-year-old Nick Wayne. This was my first AR Fox match, and I was very impressed with what he did. Mm -hmm. He's a cool dude. He does some crazy shit. If you haven't seen that match again, Swerve, fucking Strickland, whatever. He went by a different name in Lucha Underground, but if you've never seen his match against Swerve Strickland, then I would definitely go check it out because it is a great match. We start off the match, obviously, with some indie spots because it's a Nick Wayne match. You know, very young performer, just very choreographed match so far. But really started to pick up when AR Fox had a second rope moonsault off the apron of Nick Wayne, who was standing on the floor, which fucking ruled. We had a second rope diving leg drop from AR Fox. Uh, oh, yeah. to Wayne on the apron. I called that the Undertaker drop. It was the Undertaker drop. Oh, shit. I completely forgot he yeah, used to do that. It was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> AR Fox had a second rope quarter springboard cutter that immediately into a rollout cutter. So he, like, rolled backwards, and he hit a cutter immediately, 
which looked fucking sick. Both men started kicking each other's heads off. Fox had a brutal pump kick that absolutely fucking destroyed Nick Wayne. I gotta say, dude, out of all the moves that I'm a sucker for, the pump kick is high up on that list. I couldn't agree with you. Fox had a crazy top rope seated Spanish fly thing before hitting the 450 and getting the win. It's a pretty good match. Yeah, it was a good match. You know, just the opening match. Not too much crazy stuff, but it was definitely good to see AR Fox back in the ring, especially in GCW where he can thrive. I would love to see him in AW though. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. We go on to Gringo Loco versus Ninja Mac, which, yeah. so the former based god versus a ninja. <laughs> an actual ninja yeah not much happened in this match actually you know it was a very short match lots of botches which is unfortunate but it was a good match nonetheless well my first two notes were actually nwo macho man comes out oh yeah local. <laughs> and my second note was ninja mac naruto runs like he didn't just die fighting he did ball. Yeah. <laughs> he, he naruto runs out of the entrance way <laughs> that was pretty based ninja mac did a triple handspring moonsault tope which looked awesome and then did a fucking busted shooting star press. Ninja Mac goes for an Escalera and then his controller dies, which yeah. was pretty cool. <laughs> like he grabs Gringo Loco's hand and then goes up to the top rope and then he just stands there for a good 30 seconds and doesn't do anything. <laughs> so. That's vintage 2K right there. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, both men are on the top rope. Ninja Mac is on the top turnbuckle and Gringo Loco is on the top rope. Loco jumps to the other top rope and hits a Spanish fly, which looked incredible. Yeah, yeah uh, it was pretty insane. The only problems with those kind of spots is that it takes a lot of setting up. Uh, yeah. You know, like even in this spot, they were standing on the top rope trying to get their balance for a very long time, which is understandable, but uh, obviously it takes away from the move a little bit. Yeah, um, kind of lose momentum a little. Yeah. Gringo Loco sets up a door. Both men climb to the top rope. Mac tries to hit a hurt. Rana off the top, but Gringo counters into a sit-out powerbomb in midair through the door, and wins the match. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. During this match, too, me and Melee looked up how much it costs at Home Depot for a door because <laughs> we don't understand why GCW just doesn't use tables. To my surprise, $100 a door, which uh, just can't seem right for GCW to be paying $100 for doors. Yeah, I don't know how they afford that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, house is down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then we go on to definitely the weirdest match of the night, which was Matt Cardona versus Action Mike Jackson. Uh, yes. If you don't know who Action Mike Jackson is, you're not alone because he is 72 years old. He comes out to Sweet Home Alabama, which okay i've apparently he is a very like famous jobber from the 90s how he's oh. still going at 72 i have no fucking idea also before this matt cardona came out and cut a 30 minute cody promo he did <laughs> and it was he was just talking about how uh he is gcw even though he's wearing a shirt that has the gcw logo crossed out so fucking idiot but uh he talks about he kind of puts over mike jackson talks about how this is the biggest match of his career which Okay, but... Um, <laughs> kind of uh, looks like an old Kurt Angle. He does look like an old Kurt Angle. <laughs> but he does some cool spots. Uh, he did a, a suicide dive, which was pretty cool to see. At one point, Cardona falls into the lap of a fan, and the fan holds Cardona's arms back so he can't fight back, <laughs> which very based fan right there. This was a really cool spot, though. Mike Jackson does the old-school top rope walk, but instead of being Undertaker and walking across half a rope... He walks across the entire ring, which yeah, looked fucking awesome. Yeah, it's four post old school. Yeah, it was cool, dude. Like that yeah. 
man, what the fuck? How do you do that? Like, <laughs> well, it's a good thing he didn't fall because he'd probably be dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Cardona eventually hits a trio of broski boots. He gets the win. Obviously, he wasn't going to go down to Action Mike Jackson, wherever the fuck that is. <laughs> but uh, we then go on to ACH versus Tony Deppin. Commentary obviously has to get their shit in. They said that Tony Deppin's father needs to take 1,500 milligrams of edibles daily just to deal with Tony. Which kind of <laughs> sounds like, yeah, which kind of sounds like another Tony that we know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get the match started, though. ACH chops Deppin, and he fucking dies. He does the yeah. uh, Qui-Gon like, death scene where he just falls to his knees. Yeah. He chops Deppin again, and commentary says, ACH just chopped some hair back onto Tony Deppin's hairless cat, who is also watching from home. <laughs> I don't know why they need to do his cat like that, bro. <laughs> what the fuck (laughs) but these guys are killing each other for the whole match with knee strikes pump kicks it's fucking awesome to see we get some uh good forearms in there too Deppin hits a top rope double stomp but somehow ACH kicks out ACH hits a top rope gut buster which look fucking brutal moves I would not take for a hundred dollars Deppin locks in the chicken wing cattle mutilation which looks fucking awesome I love that move yeah but ACH gets his foot on the bottom rope so Deppin is forced to release the hold that submission I really wish was in 2k bro because I would be hitting that shit every single match. I'd be putting melee in that every 30 seconds. No, that's the move I'm going to use to win the championship. No, bro, it's not going to happen. We'll see about that. <laughs> ACH goes for a crucifix pin, but Deppin blocks it by tying his feet around the middle rope. Deppin brings ACH back into the ropes and rolls him up using the bottom rope as leverage for the win. Good match. Honestly, I'd say probably the fourth best match on the show. For some reason, the ACH matches are some of my favorites. Uh, he's a great wrestler, dude. And it's incredible that he hasn't really lost a step at all since he left a couple of years ago. Because I think he just came back recently. He still is the same dude that he was when he left. I'm happy to hear that. We then go to the GCW Scramble Fuck match between Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, Zanshi, Cole Radrick, aka the Ratty Daddy. Oh my god, the Ratty Daddy. <laughs> Manders and Alex Cologne. Yeah, you know us, bro. We don't do shit for these matches. <laughs> so all I have written down is... Alex Cologne wins. <laughs> For my notes, the first thing I wrote is Zen Shi. And then my second note, Tornado DDT to a door. My third note, Moonsault off the cage. Oliver style. Oliver <laughs> style. <laughs> and then, for some reason, I just wrote Lariat. <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. I need to post the picture of your notes on Twitter. Melee yeah. <laughs> took his notes on a piece of paper with, like, a crayon. <laughs> I use a, a pink color pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Very professional. But uh, then we go on to definitely, I'd say, the worst match of the show. And the one that just came out of absolute left field, which was a showcase match between some of the trainees from AR Fox's wrestling school. Just completely caught us out of left field. But really good segment at the end of this match. Joe Janela runs in and he attacks everybody. He hits the X-Factor lights a cigarette, hits the Bronco Buster, and then grabs a chair and sits in the middle of the ring. And I tell Melee while we're watching this, he's about to cut the Mick Foley promo. But uh, Janela name drops two of Atlanta's own, Ted Turner, and who we call as one of the greatest wrestlers in history, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that was a, quite a tease right there. It's incredible seeing Cody Rhodes get the recognition he deserves. Finally. Even after he's six feet under in the grave. <laughs> Joey sits on South Jersey saying that GCW would only be running there with the South Jersey Hicks if it wasn't for him. I don't know why he said that or why he had to do us like that. Kind of fucked up, Joey. I thought you were a cool guy, but... Hey man, as know. a New Yorker, I agree. 
Yeah, you can go fuck yourself, bitch. <laughs> Joey demands the fans, quote, give him his flowers at Joey Janela's spring break, not when he's dead. And, yeah. uh, I think I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. After the South Jersey thing, Joey, I think I'll wait. We then go on to the Battle of the Thick Thighs match. What does this mean? We are delighted, respectfully, Melee. <laughs> Jordan Grace versus Alley Catch. And this was a very good match. It really was. Mm -hmm. It's very even for the first few minutes, but Jordan eventually takes control. Obviously, she's the stronger competitor. Allie gets back into the fight with a quarter hip attack, a cannonball, and a Death Valley driver. Jordan hits two spinning back fists, which look fucking brutal, and then yeah. hit one of the coolest moves of the night, a torture rack spin-out spine buster. Yeah, I don't know how they pull that off. I don't know, bro. Fuck. Jordan goes for a muscle buster, but Allie gets out of it. She hits the pile driver, but Jordan kicks out. Fucked up. Nobody kicks out of the pussy pile driver. Uh, yeah. Absolutely disgusting display of disrespect by Jordan Grace. I would uh, take that for free. Yeah, I would take it for negative uh, $50. I would actually pay Allie Catch to hit me with the pussy pile driver. <laughs> Eventually, Jordan is on the apron, and Allie's inside the ring, leaning against the ropes. Jordan locks at the sleeper hole, but Allie stuns her on the top rope. Allie Catch hits the fucking heat seeker and wins, bro. I was so caught off guard by this, not because I don't believe in Allie Catch, obviously. Of course I do. But mm -hmm. the fact that she beat Jordan Grace, who is, I mean, she's fucking Jordan Grace, was just awesome to see. Great to see Allie get the rub. And obviously, she had to win the Battle of the Thick Thighs match because Allie Catch is the fucking best. Let's be honest. Yes. All right. That is true. And I know my man Justin Havoc out there is probably rolling his eyes right now. Talk about, oh, yeah, there he goes. Fucking simping over Allie Catch again. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm going to simp over her till the day I fucking die, baby. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. Then we go on to AJ Gray versus Effie for the GCW Triple H title. Yeah. This was a fucking fantastic match. As always. Effie comes out with a new haircut. He's got the Padawan braid. He's looking sick. Camera crew gets a sick shot of AJ Gray standing in the tunnel rapping to his theme, which looked fucking awesome. We saw another one of those later on in the night. But we get the match started. AJ goes for the Sabu chair throw gimmick, but Effie catches the chair and throws it right back at AJ, which AJ, for some reason, just took it right on his fucking head. Effie hits a TKO into a last chancery, but AJ escapes. He hits a top rope diving leg drop and goes for the pin, but Effie kicks out. The crowd for this whole match is on Effie's side, obviously. We all fucking love Effie, all right? Commentary's also putting him over huge. Both men start throwing open palm strikes, which fucking ruled. This is where the head incident happened. Effie hits AJ Gray with a leg-captured Northern Lights, but AJ nearly lands right on his fucking head. It was extremely similar to the Big E spot from the night before on SmackDown. Oh, like, dude, literally, AJ Gray was, like, one degree from landing right on his head. It was so scary. See, when this happened, Chris was taking notes, so he didn't actually capture like, mm -hmm. the actual moment. So then he just heard me like gasp because like I just saw something horrible happen. Yeah. Because I literally thought that AJ Gray just died on the ring right there. Yeah. That was how scary it was. It was, oh my God, dude. And the fact that it happened the night after the Big E spot was yeah. fucking insane. Effie bags into the corner, gets on the second rope, and face fucks AJ epic style. <laughs> <laughs> I pop for that. Yeah, you know, uh, so if you don't know what this means, you know how people do like the 10 punches on the second rope? Instead of Effie doing the punches, he just uh, repeatedly shoves his cock into your face. Which... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, I'm doing the Zane in 2K. That's how I'm winning the belt. AJ German suplexes Effie headfirst into the top turnbuckle, which looked fucking awesome. 
Uh, probably a bitch to take though. Things I would not take for a hundred dollars. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> we go into a brutal chop battle. Uh, Effie goes for the sack rider, which is a fucking fantastic name for a move. But uh, he goes for the sack rider, but AJ counters and drops him with a spine buster. Then AJ fucking kills Effie with a lariat, gets the win. I really wish Effie won here, dude. It would it would be cool to see Effie with a title reign right now, especially because AJ Gray is uh in a bit of hot water right now. But yeah. we're not gonna really talk about that. Then we go on to a match we were supposed to see at Hammerstein, Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian. I was looking forward to this. I was really looking forward to it. I was really looking forward to it at Hammerstein too, but obviously Jonathan Gresham had to pull out of the show because he contracted COVID-19. This is also Gresham's first match back in GCW since Two Cold Scorpio beat his ass at Say You Will on January 15th. <laughs> One of my favorite matches of all time. Bro, he beat the fuck out of him. Speaking of Two Cold Scorpio, Two Cold versus Minoru Suzuki, bro. It's coming up. That is going to be a legendary moment, a legendary review. I can tell you this right now. Yeah. I cannot wait for that shit, bro. That's going to be so sick. We're going to jot down every single move that they do. Every single spot, bro, we're going over. It's going to be a 40-minute episode, and it's just going to be on that match. <laughs> The match starts with a lot of technical spots. Obviously, if you've never watched a Jonathan Gresham match, he's a very uh, skilled technical wrestler, while Blake Christian is kind of a high flyer. But we eventually get into a chop battle. Gresham has enough, though, and slaps the fuck out of Christian with a open palm strike, which, like, awesome. This is one of the things I love about Jonathan Gresham. He's a very technical wrestler and you could see that in this match from the get-go, but he also, I mean, he can pull out some nasty strikes, dude. Gresham starts doing limb work, but Christian continues this fight with some nice forearm strikes. If you will, allow me, Melee. I'd say that Gresham was being very methodical during this match. So uh, you're saying it benefits him? I think it benefits him greatly. Mm. Gresham is uh, really focused on doing roll-ups uh, in this match, trying to just catch Blake Christian off guard. Mm -hmm. But Christian is obviously Blake Christian, you know. He hits a perfect line salt, which looked yeah. fantastic. It's perfect. Yeah, Christian rolls out of a pin attempt into a standing frog splash, which looked pretty sick. I had not seen a standing frog splash in a very long time. Usually when you see these kind of like standing moves, it's like Hangman's Moonsault, but the frog splash is just, it's a pretty cool thing. And it's definitely one I would used to do to pillows when I was in fourth grade, so. <laughs> what a mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no bitches, no bitches. <laughs> Things start picking up after Christian hits a half and half suplex, but Gresham hits a sick lariat, which absolutely fucking destroys Christian. Gresham cannot get Christian into the octopus stretch, so he kills him with a snap German suplex, which was one of the best looking moves of the night by far. Uh, hits him with Not a... only that, he does it again. He does it again, bro. Then he locks in the submission, but Christian escapes. We go into a pin battle where they're just rolling each other up. Christian's arm is hurt from the octopus stretch, but still hits a one-armed German suplex. That was very impressive. I had fucking never seen a one-armed German suplex before. If you're wondering how it looked, basically, Blake Christian had his arm wrapped around Gresham's waist, but Gresham had his, was holding Christian's wrist, kind of like he was uh, going for, you know, those that arm attack where they kind of are standing in front of you and they grab your arm and they kind of hit it over their shoulder? Kind of, yeah. It was kind of like he was going for that, but Christian just hit a one-armed German suplex which looked fucking awesome. Gresham hit a phenomenal DDT, throws Christian outside, hits a suicide dive, throws Christian back in immediately, goes for a springboard, but he fucks up, bro, which really took out of the match, you know, yeah. it was because it was really picking up, and then that fuck up really just, it, it kind of, it fucked up with the momentum, obviously. Yeah. Gresham goes for a crucifix pin, Christian kicks out at two, and kills Gresham with a high knee strike. 
which was literally right in between Gresham's eyes. Christian throws Gresham outside, hits a bottom rope suicide dive, then throws him back in the ring. Hits a springboard double stomp to the lower back of Gresham. Then the 615, which is the 619, but in the bottom rope, which I'd never seen Minus before. Four. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> if you don't know, Shane. <laughs> uh, then he hit a standing Spanish fly, goes for the pin, but Gresham kicks out and rolls into a crossface, transitions from the crossface into the octopus stretch, beats the fuck out of Christian with a bunch of hammer fists, and the referee stops the match. Hey, Batista, he tapped out. <laughs> he didn't tap out, Shane. You fucked up. <laughs> Tony, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, good match here. It was interesting to see that they used the referee stoppage for a finish. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to protect Blake Christian. Obviously, he's basically at every single GCW show that there is. So it's good to see that they're kind of taking his momentum into consideration here. It was a good match. And it was definitely what I expected to see. And that's not, you know, in a bad way, obviously. But it's exactly what I wanted to see is what I mean. I just, I just wish we saw it live. Yeah, that would have been cool. Then we go on to the main event, Melee. Hate Club, Matt Tremont. And Nick Gage versus the Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice for the GCW Tag Team Championships. Mance Warner is making his in-ring return after injury, and the entrances to this match fucking ruled. We get a shot of Nick Gage in the tunnel as the bell tolls. Leroy is standing behind him, hype as fuck. I don't know if I've ever told this story, Melee. When we were standing outside of Hammerstein, we saw Nasty Leroy coming into the building, and he walked right by us, and we said, Leroy, what's up, man? Comes up to me. He fucking dabs me up, bro. He says, go Eagles, because I was wearing my Eagles gloves, and then he walks inside. (laughs) This motherfucking man right there, bro. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to the match, and we're immediately going into hardcore spots. Gage yeah. uh, tells a fan to hold up a fucking chair, which he uses to send Warner headfirst into. Tremont grabs a chair, headshots the fuck out of Matthew Justice. Gage hits Mance Warner with a prosthetic leg that he got from a fan. <laughs> and then, just being... <laughs> I completely, Just reading it, I completely forgot he did this. Uh, so, the Gage... Hits Mance Warner with this prosthetic leg. He kisses it. He looks into the camera and he just says, All fucking day. <laughs> what the I love fuck? Gage. <laughs> I love this dude. Gage and Warner have a sit down chat. They uh, set up two chairs right in front of each other and sit down. But instead of chatting, they obviously start heading butting each other, which looked fucking awesome. Up in the crowd, Matthew Justice grabs an AEW replica belt from a fan. And it's legit one of those, like, $800 replica belts. Hits Tremont over the head with it, and then does a senton off a ledge to Tremont and the security guards. And after this, dude, Tremont and Justice were out of the match basically until, like, the last five minutes. Yeah. We didn't see them again. Yeah, it was all Gage and Mance Warner after this. Mm-hmm. Camera's on Warner as the crowd starts going crazy. Camera cuts to Nick Gage, who has a massive box of light tubes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where he got this box, bro. He walks into this shit like he's fucking Bob the Builder. <laughs> um, Gage and Warner start hitting each other over the head with light tubes back and forth. Eventually, Tremont gets back into the ring with a staple gun. Starts stapling Mans Warner and Matthew Justice. Would you take a staple gun? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> Which is weird because I will go on record and say I would take a light tube to the back, but I would not take I would a... Think that's a- 
Yeah, I would not take a staple gun. But uh, then Tremont brings out a fork. But Justice hits him with a chair, and the fork falls into the possession of Mance Warner. So he goes up to Tremont. He sticks the fork into Tremont's forehead until it's sticking out like a unicorn horn. The crowd at this point, dude, goes fucking crazy. Warner hits Tremont over the head with a light tube, which just does even worse damage. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, after he hit him over the head with the light tube... The fork fell out of his forehead and then just drive right into his fucking skull. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gage is a second rope pile driver through the door to Warner. Justice hits a splash to Tremont. Both men go for the pin at the same time. And the referee counts to three, but we don't know which pin he counted for. Now what the fuck? What the fuck, Shane? Not a fuck finish at the GCW astronaut, Shane. How dare they? Second Gear crew thinks they won, but the referee declares the match a draw, which later on, it is revealed on Twitter that the referee was counting for both the pins, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. Um, Pretty sure this killed the momentum for the rest of the, like, uh, the ending. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the crowd is pissed off. They're chanting bullshit, uh, you know, just raining booze. Tremont grabs the mic. Challenges second gear crew to a three-way dance with the Briscoes for the tag team titles at spring break. Uh, I don't know why he would challenge them and the Briscoes, but okay. Weird way, to, a end weird way to end the show. It was a weird way to end the show, man. Uh, I, I don't know. You could have honestly had second gear crew lose and then just put them in the match, you know, again. Like you could have had a battle royale and they could have won it. But epic GCW booking moment, I would say. It was perplexing to say the least. Yeah, it was uh it was not great. But uh that was the show. It was a good show, but the the ending, you know, yeah, it was not great. We got a lot to look forward to though. Uh next week we're gonna be reviewing DPW Fire. Uh our first DPW review. DPW DPW. Yeah, that's uh that's the show. We will see you guys next week for DPW Fire and uh to all the consortium saters out there. Die slow, motherfuckers.